Fix Insider Friday, January 26th. Fix, Evolving the Model. Digging around for something to do with my soulful Christmas playlist the other week I came across the launch edition of Mobile Fix, written on January 21st, 2010. You can still read it here. I have written Fix most weeks since then and have lots of loyal readers, some with me from the start. A couple of years ago I introduced Insider where people support my work, researching and writing Fix, by paying an annual subscription of £100. As I evolve the way I work, I am keen to grow the Insider numbers and so after 14 years of free content I am reducing the content available without paying. So the Monday Light version will now be just the first article from the Friday Fix Insider, which varies by topic. This change kicks in on February 1st so the first one to be reduced will be Monday February 5th. If you want to switch to Friday's Fix Insider you can sign up here and we can sort receipts, invoices for you to claim the charge on your expenses. If you are an existing Fix subscriber you do not need to do anything, and thank you. New TV. The Netflix gamble on password sharing has paid off. In the last quarter of 2023 they acquired 13 meters new customers, taking them to 230 meters worldwide. And with 40% of new customers opting for the ad package, where available, their ad strategy looks to be paying off too. Revenue was up 12% and operating income was $1 billion more than the previous year pushing shares up by 12%. Their shareholder letter is unsurprisingly bullish, noting the market opportunity for growth. It's a $600B plus opportunity revenue market across pay TV, film, games and branded advertising, and today Netflix accounts for only roughly 5% of that addressable market. And our share of TV viewing is still less than 10% in every country. Top analyst Rich Greenfield talking about the Netflix advantage in streaming. What I would call the perfect storm. If you think about what's happening right now, Ed, one, obviously all of the companies, the legacy media companies, whether we're talking Disney or Warner Brothers, Discovery or Paramount or Comcast, they're all pulling back on their streaming efforts. You know, they've all sort of shifted into, let's cut costs, let's raise the price, let's cut back on marketing. And so the competitive landscape for Netflix is far less intense than it was. He also mentioned the competition are once again leasing their best content to Netflix, HBO just did a deal to lease them Sex in the City for example. But the deal that caused most intrigue was a 10-year $5 billion agreement with Ari Emanuel to show wrestling show WWE Raw and other shows and events. It's not sports, because Netflix keep denying they have any interested in sports rights. But fits the sports-adjacent label used in the shareholder letter. This strategic interview with Netflix COO Greg Peters is really good, loved his description of what they essentially sell. But I think when it comes down to it, and it's something you, I think, as a subscription business owner and operator understand deeply, oftentimes you're not just getting paid for what you're delivering today. What you're getting paid for is the trust and the confidence that you've built that next month you're going to have something amazing to watch. That's why subscribers stick around and pay you because they're saying like, yep, that was great, and if I hit play and something great happens eight times in a row in a month, I'm going to stick around next month, too. I mentioned the Peacock exclusive deal to show the NFL playoff last week, estimates are that it drove 2.8 meters new subscriptions so can probably be viewed as a success. But how many are going to stick around, we see consumers getting more adept at signing up with trials than cancelling once they have watched the show they wanted to see. And despite all the trials and tribulations of media companies there are still plenty of people interested in deals. Skydance, the studio run by the son of Oracle founder Larry Ellison, is interested in acquiring Paramount. Social. When I read you could hack TikTok to auto-scroll, it didn't really resonate but do they have ambitions beyond the phone screen? They have had a smart TV app for a while but it's now featured on Google Play and they have announced Chromecast support. 
and they announced support for horizontal video over a year ago. Given their biggest competitor for eyeballs attention and ad revenue is YouTube, having a presence on TV makes sense. The New Yorker gets all nostalgic looking at the dawn of the social internet, celebrating AOL Messenger, LiveJournal, MySpace and more. When I ran Big Picture in 2006 we were experts on top friends in MySpace and Windows Live as well as Java apps for mobile. But the space always evolves, we are now seeing the influencer market under pressure as the platforms go direct and as AI influencers get traction, with Gleam closing their talent business. Agencies. I keep an eye on the mail as it's always good to know what the other half of the country is thinking. I like their rant on the woke-ed business as they celebrate the god-old days of classic ads. Advertising is a dead art form, and no one could possibly get excited about the boring, infantile, irritating drivel that assails our screens these days. Spend any time wanting live TV and it's hard to argue with this. But the ad industry is trying to change, Publicis plan to double down on their tech investment strategy, which has done well for them so far, with 300 million euros to spend on AI. Like Brandtech Group they see the potential to re-engineer the ad process, but can they do the right deals? And a couple of goods posts argue for valuing media thinking, which has been unfairly overshadowed by tech chops. I started as a media planner buyer a million years ago and it's a valuable skill set, as is comms planning. AI. Atan Malik from Wharton is a great source on AI and this is good insight. Increasingly finding that the one thing that most makes managers panic about AI is showing them, not the advanced features of GPT-4, but rather the fact that Copilot for Office can create an adequate PowerPoint with speaker notes from a document in 47 seconds. We have a couple of examples of smart AI thinking from agencies. Jellyfish tell us generative AI isn't marketing's future, it's already part of its present, running through the ways they, and others, are using technology. One example quoted is an ad for Hotel Chocolat where they avoided expensive animation through use of Gen AI. It's interesting that both stories come from brand tech agencies. The other big stories were about the millions of pre-orders for Rabbit, which looks like a reskin of Humane and a very neat Google service called Circle to Search. I think the Google example reminds us GAFA isn't going rollover and lets others piggyback on their platforms. But the rush of AI features from Samsung, including Circle to Search, remind us of Google's weakness in hardware, even though we see lots of marketing for the new Pixel phone. AdTech I'm still digesting the Aridi talk on AdTech we mentioned last week, watch it here and use passcode DFV at K2K. Digiday tell us early adopters and the brave are starting to test the privacy sandbox, clearly some way to go yet. One key topic in the Aridi talk was the trade desk and the antipathy between them and Google is covered in this adage article. Merchant. Is closing an innovation team a good or a bad move? Walmart is to close their store number 8 innovation unit, saying talent is now embedded into the rest of the business. The rack record looks impressive and in the 8 years since launch Walmart has closed the gap with Amazon. Last week I mentioned the work Walmart was doing to test drone delivery with Zipline. This week the Wall Street Journal goes deep into drones and the robots focused on the last 50 feet I watched one of these in LA last summer, trotting down the sidewalk and trials in Milton Keynes continue. RFID tags have been touted as essential tech for ages and just about every concept store over the last decade has used it in some way. But it's always been hard to make the numbers work, until now when it's recognized as essential for security. With the business case made, marketers can now look at additional use cases, making it a hot topic at last week's NRF show in New York. The latest year superpower celebrated the brand cathedrals that made Aesop worth $2.5 billion when L'Oreal bought them last year. More and more brand recognize the power of great retail locations and here we see some US brands using pop-up stores and cafes as a marketing tool.
the FT report that the big three in European food delivery are all showing a sliver of profit and think that there is now proof of concept. There is more to come, especially in markets where food delivery is less widespread. Demographics will help. Today's delivery-prone youngsters may spend more as they grow up and their disposable income increases. Gross transaction volume growth in the high single digits should be a reasonable mid-to-long-term assumption, thinks Giles Thorne at Jeffries. Margins rise with increased penetration. As the density of participating restaurants and diners in a small hyperlocal area increases, riders can make shorter trips and even bunch up deliveries. Central overheads are largely fixed, meaning operating margins after amortization and depreciation should move from negative to some 6% of transaction values, reckons William Woods at Bernstein. And I keep seeing Tesco ads promoting whoosh. The easiest way for the supermarkets to grow is through attracting online customers, especially as acquisition costs are partly allayed by retail media revenue. Plus plus. The FT on how management consultancy dominates UK exports greater than basically all other UK exports, sorry. I wonder whether advertising, now quite a long way down the list, would have been bigger in past years? Global regulators' assault is already crimping big tech's prospects. In my work on your superpower, my new project celebrating creative thinking that drives business success, I had the man in the Hathaway shirt on the list. But I am trying to talk up non-advertising examples so I was delighted to see someone else tell the story of this iconic Ogilvy campaign. I am convinced some DTC brand could nick this idea and it would still be super effective. Expectations will shift dramatically. Tech jobs move from science fiction to fact. AI performs some of the heavy lifting. The human in the loop is able to apply some of their critical thinking abilities, he says. It primarily was a massive time saver. Streaming model for music set for a streamlining, FT. Crazy ideas, poor things, AI translations, and NPCs, this post by VC Rex Woodbury is so good. And poor things is a must-see.